Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We will be honoured if you would join us. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars show from here in the UK. I'm Mark Asquith, your co-host and significantly, significantly worse looking than my revered co-host and podcast extraordinaire, Mr. Gary Aylett, who is also joining me today. How are you doing, dude? I'm awesome as always, buddy. Significantly less better looking, are you sure? Yeah, significantly. Uh, you've got you you got your hat on backwards today, mate. That's instantly an extra ten x. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yep. Easy. And you got that beard. Oh, just rocking was, it, mate. Yeah. I was ten years younger, mate. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> anyway, we are back for another round of Star Wars news, reviews, discussion, and random spotlights. I'm back from a little bit of travelling. If you haven't heard it already. Gary did an amazing solo job last week. Please go and check out episode 19 if you haven't already. And coming up on the show this week, we have some Galaxy's Edge news. Maybe some concerning Galaxy's Edge news. We've got a little investment for the the Star Wars fan in all of us. A little, a little throwaway tipple that we could just invest in at a mere 450 grand. What is coming up for sale? We shall find out very shortly. And Star Wars Battlefront 2 is getting some really interesting new content. And, of course, when we get to the review and discussion section, we'll be digging into some really kind of timey-wimey stuff, which could be interesting. And we've got a very curious little random spotlight as well, featuring one of our favourite things from the Rebels TV show. But before we get to that, I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask every single week. How's the week been, sir? What's been happening in the world of Star Wars? How's the week been in the world of Star Wars? Well, I did progress a little bit with some reading and stuff. So I finished up Plagueis. Really like that story, dude. And uh, the only thing I'm not... When I got to a certain point in a book, it's a couple of weeks ago, the only thing that didn't... The only thing that doesn't, sorry, uh, sort of set the world on fire for me is the, the, the reuse of the midichlorians in that story. Other than that, it's a bit of a belter. So I got that finished, and I've also sunk a couple of hours into the Dooku audiobook. I was hoping to have that finished, but I'm a couple of hours in. Uh, that's a really interesting take on Star Wars storytelling, the whole audiobook. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be doing some more of that. I heard some rumblings around, that's done really well, that Dooku story in audiobook format. So looking forward to what they do next with that. I'm hopefully going to have that complete so we can review that next week. That'll be good. And also, start now that Plagueis is done, I've started to read Master and Apprentice, so I'm two chapters into that, and that's a really good... I could see why you like that story, mate. It's a, it, Even like two chapters in, it's just a cracking read so far. So, yeah. And also been looking at... Um, we had... Uh, we're going to talk about some Battlefront 2 news, but uh, the Gamescom um, conference has pretty much wrapped up, and that was on this week, which is like... A, like the the European version of E3, I suppose. It's a slightly more scaled down uh, version of that. But they had some a lot of people waiting for the Battlefront 2 stuff, and we got some fairly decent news for that. But one thing we didn't get was any more Fallen Order news or gameplay. Now, that might change. We're recording this on Friday morning. We might get that on its last day today, but I don't think so. But, yeah. So, um, yeah, some f- a fairly decent week for Star Wars, buddy. I'm not going to ask how you've... You just seem jet-lagged and knackered and <laughs> ready to get back into swing of it. So um, did you do anything Star Warsy when you were out in the US? Anything prop up there? I always do Star Warsy stuff. Um, so I did a couple of things Star Warsy. Number one, I was at Podcast Movement, of course, with uh, Rebel Base Media, which is our podcasting company, and uh, I had uh, a, a bite and a, a drink with Mark Ramsey from Inside Star Wars 
which was awesome. Uh, he was talking about a couple of new projects that he's working on, dug into Inside Star Wars and and and, and some of the uh, some of the feedback that he got on Inside Star Wars, which was very very interesting. Some of the uh, the, the approaches that he took and how he went about the research. I should have really recorded that one, but I forgot my recorder. It was at the booth, and I was just you know I was way away from it. I know, to standard schoolboy era. Um, but it was great to see Mark. And then I I finished Thrawn Treason, which was the third and final Thrawn book um, in the new canon universe, and then started, I'm about 80% of the way through, thanks to Jetlag, I'm about 80% of the way through Dark Disciple, which is another Dooku-centric storyline, so it seems like Dooku's getting a bit of a renaissance at the minute, He's, uh, I know Dark Disciple's certainly not a new book, but it kind of... Um, it kind of fits quite nicely alongside Master and Apprentice, alongside uh, certainly Jedi Lost. It features Asajj Ventress as I don't think we've ever, we've ever seen her. Um, and it's one of, if you probably remember this, because you remember it, it was one of the storylines that was originally written for the Clone Wars TV show. And then a little bit like Sons of Dathomir, the, the Darth Maul storyline, and, and, and the Mandalorian Wars, it never, never made the light of day because obviously the series was cancelled, so they turned a lot of these things into comics and novels. Dark Disciple is one of them, and dude, it is fantastic. Like Some of the books have been a little sketchy, Thrawn Treason, you know, maybe talk about that uh, another day, left a little bit to be desired, but this one is just ramping up and up. Like, you get halfway through it, and you think, all right, this is decent, and then it just turns it up a notch. It's Honestly, it's one of the best Star Wars books I've read for a long, long time. So very keen to to get into that. And it, it's a funny one because I've uh, I've really enjoyed all the other ones, but these ones are now kind of like a you know if you're marking them out of five stars, it's sort of like we'll take half a star off the other ones just so I can give this one an extra uh, because it really is that good. So yeah, that that's been the week in Star Wars, bro. Well, I think you can go on Goodreads and adjust your ratings, your reviews. <laughs> Goodreads. That is like the biggest, geekiest thing ever, isn't it? I love it. Love I love it. Goodreads. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Right, let's get into some news, bro. But before we do that, just a quick reminder that if you are listening and you enjoy our Star Wars chit-chat and banter, of course, you can join the Spark of Rebellion tribe over on Patreon. You can choose from any number of levels of support that you want to give to the show. And every cent, every penny that we receive from Patreon, we reinvest back in to spark a rebellion just to keep that audio quality up just kind of keep reinvesting in microphones and making sure that we give you the best quality content so please if you do love the show if you want to support us go ahead and check out patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion so galaxy's edge guys galaxy's edge well there was a, a a bit of a odd bit of news flying around i think it was last week and i'll just read the headline Star Wars Galaxy's Edge may close and get rebranded. And the crux of this story is that in February, around the earnings calls, you know, kind of around fiscal year end, the theory is that the numbers for Galaxy's Edge simply might not stack up. Now, this doesn't take into account um, Orlando, so Disney World, which is opening next week, the 29th of August, nor does it take into account the planned immersive Galaxy's Edge hotel experience, which some pricing was leaked yesterday for that one. This is just purely the park in Anaheim. And the logic is that if the numbers aren't quite good enough, and there's there's a little bit of talk that maybe they aren't, maybe Galaxy's Edge will get wiped out and it will be rebranded as an Aladdin experience, which, you know, I've got my thoughts on that and none of them are good. And, you know, I... I I've just, it's just, no, let's just not do this, Bob. Let's just, Disney, please, let's just not do this, is my entire thought process. But how much credence do you give to this story, dude? I, it sounds sounds a bit premature, doesn't it? It does. I think there's a little bit of truth in it. I think the only bit of truth in it is that Disney are probably not 100% happy with the, the take-home so far. That's the only thing I can probably guess would be accurate from this story. Um yeah, it's uh, it's one of those. If it, I don't know, I, I don't feel like Disney are into these kind of knee-jerk reactions where that there's a little bit of a not well. I'm not going to say that they 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 hedged all their bets on this because they didn't because the rest of the hot you know the Disney parks and all that stuff are still raking in the cash so it's all you know it's all good um, fiscally but it feels like some people are 
trying to I think some people are trying to put a negative spin on this when there necessarily isn't one at the moment. It feels like there's a couple of people have overheard stuff and it's turned into Chinese whispers and, you know, and then all of a sudden fandom's like, oh yeah, that must be true because so-and-so. And there's a couple of quotes that have, I think sort of fuel that's been added to this fire is um, a few people have tweeted, like uh, this person said that their son works there and that their son has overheard stuff like, People have been sent home because there's not enough work. There's, the attendance isn't high enough, so there's no point having these actors on show walking around and stuff. So you know, there's not enough not enough work at the park and all that stuff. So I think, yeah, I think there's a little bit of truth in it somewhere from Disney's end. But in terms of closing the whole thing down and rebuilding it or rebranding it as an Aladdin theme, I don't know. I can't see any. I think Disney is smarter than that. I don't think it's a case of, uh, yeah, we've launched this we haven't had enough people in let's now demolish it and or sorry rebrand it as a lad i think that's a really poor business choice uh, you, you need to give these things uh, a, a bit of a, a run more than say eight months <laughs> you, you can't just say after eight months and i think like you mentioned there are some factors involved that uh that have affected this and also isn't isn't the attendance based on limited numbers at the minute i think isn't the wider public launch this month uh, something like that. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit of fuel in it, but I don't know. What do you reckon? Aladdin? Oh, I don't know, man. No, nah, I don't think it, I don't think there's much in that, dude. I, I think you're absolutely right. The analysis is sound. I think people have, um, you know, maybe there's been some whispers around that oh, the numbers aren't quite where they expected them to be based on this kind of limited opening, based on the fact that Orlando's yet to open, based on the fact that the hotel experience is not yet open. Um, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think it's probably more a case of, of word getting around the park, you know, Mickey and Minnie at the water cooler. And it's, you know, it's, it's that <laughs> whole it just complete blown out of proportion setup. But we'll find out a little bit more. It's not like Disney to announce bad news readily. It's not like they're going to open up D23 this week with, guess what, we're closing Galaxy's Edge. You know, that we aren't going to hear about this right until the last second anyway. Um, and I, I, I think there's a, there has to be at least a year, two years worth of runway on this thing for it to even become a consideration. Because, you know, you go to, we've just come back from Orlando, uh, that's where podcast movement was, and you're driving throughout all of all of the interstates, and, and and you're driving around all of the kind of road network. Then you're seeing all the advertisements for Universal, you're seeing all the advertisements for Toy Story World, and 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 we know that Universal are building a Mario World. There's jack all about Galaxy's Edge in Orlando. There's nothing because it's not open yet, and that's why I think it's just maybe a tad premature. Mm-hmm. Is that it's just the the entire thing is just not launched yet. It's as simple as that, you know. I think they're adding another ride to it as well. I think they're putting another ride in it at some point. And also the hotel. Isn't there a themed hotel that's going to open as well? Yeah, it's Pretty an immersive sure. experience apparently. So mm. you pay a, a fair amount. It's this all-inclusive space fair and adventure apparently mm. um, where it's 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 rumoured to be um, for a, like a four-night stay, like $3,000 per person um, around that figure. Which actually is not too bad when you consider the room, the park entrances, when you consider the food, the drink is all included. It's actually not that bad. Um, and plus, I think it was the rumours were it was seventy two hundred, so seven thousand two hundred bucks for a, a five berth room, if you like, in the at the standard rate. Which again, it's not really that bad. You know, fifteen hundred bucks for a four day experience, you'd do that. Like you and me, would take the fans out and split the cost. That that's not bad, really, is it? Yeah, I think people. They're sort of, they look like they're trapped in the headlights when they see that initial figure. You think, crikey, can't be that much, surely, even if it is Star Wars. But like you said, when you break it down per person and all the stuff that's included, you'd probably pay more than that if you were to rack it all up separately. All the oh, tra- travel, you know, travel to and from the park, room, food, all that lot. Yeah, I reckon it's not too bad. But yeah, it's just that initial figure that blows you off your feet a little bit. But then when your mind calms down and you work out the maths, it's not too bad. Yeah, I agree, dude. But we will see. You know, Galaxy's Edge is still getting rave reviews, and you're absolutely right in saying that there's another couple of rides opening up there, a little bit more, uh, again, a bit more immersive rides, a little bit lengthier than the existing rides there. So we shall see. And, of course, it is D23 this week as well, and we've got uh, the, the Galaxy's Edge experience opening in Orlando as well. So hopefully over the next few months we might, might start to see a little bit more reporting on that one. But until we see anything else, we'll chalk that one up to a rumour. Next up... 
we uh, we can club together for this one. So there's a little bit of Star Wars merchandise, a little bit of memorabilia that, that's just come up for sale. It's it's part of an auction that's been run by Profiles in History that also includes some stuff from uh, Diamonds Are Forever, obviously the Sean Connery James Bond movie, uh, Dorothy's Dress from The Wizard of Oz, a beat-up old DeLorean, but the thing that interests us the most is that for $450,000, $450,000, you can own... Darth Vader's mask, the one that he wore, that was actually on screen during the famous parent reveal within Empire Strikes Back. The old Luke, I'm your father. The very mask that David Prowse wore is up for sale, 450k. What do you say? Are we chipping in? Yes, do it. Uh, I'm in. Yeah, I think I might have to move some money around initially, but I'm in, dude. I think this is a, a steal. The only thing is, we're going to have to be like sort of separated parents. How, how are we going to share this? How are we going to... Is it weekend? Mm-hmm. Every other? I don't know. I think it needs to be every other weekend, but we need to come together for school concerts, you know, just for the for the, for the mask. You know, uh, it, it, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't ruin its life just because we couldn't get along. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be on at all. And I can just see just your mind, when you're looking at the, the Vader mask, you just your mind creates this emotion that's not there. It's like the mask is looking back at me like... I want to be at Mark's house this weekend, but I'm here. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, just chill. We're going to I want to be Star on my Wars. bike. <laughs> yeah. I want to be on my bike. Yeah. <laughs> it's at my dad's house. Yeah. Uh, this is crazy, man. But I think if you've got the Benjamins, this is a cracking pickup. I mean, just to have that, the actual mask that Prowse wore in that scene, that's just a golden, that's just a piece of gold right there from Star Wars. If I had the money, mate, I would be in for this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's almost a no-brainer. Like you said, if you've got the brass and uh, and you are a collector, it, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. And I, it, it might even go for more than that. You know, if you think about it, they anticipate it's going to do four fifty. Uh, when you look at some of the other stuff they've done profiles in history, I think they might have been the guys that did the old Superman suits, the Keaton Batman suits, and did the whole auction around Indiana Jones and stuff maybe last year. Um, might not be those guys, but it might be. And I think everything that was on 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 rack for a sale far exceeded what the actual guide price was. So this could be 700k, dude. You know, easily this could get to 700k if you've got the right set of collectors there. And let's be absolutely honest, as time passes, this is it. This genuinely is an investment. That's not like you and me justifying it to the missus, saying it's an <laughs> investment. It's an actual bona fide, will increase in value significantly investment. Defo, yeah. We would have to put it to the missus like that, of course. But uh, yeah, it's an absolute investment. The only thing is, you'd have to you'd have to be so. I would be so delicate with it. That's the only thing. I, I couldn't have it out on a on a shelf somewhere. It have to invest in a proper cabinet, have it properly sealed away and everything. And I just know that when when the lad has his mates round, I'll have to keep the office door closed. I'd be so <laughs> protective of it. I'll come upstairs and they'll be putting it on and running around. One of them will crash into the wall and it will be cracked. And I, yeah. No good. No, that wouldn't be good. And you just find him sat there cowering over, I'll finish what you started. <laughs> All right, son, I'll really like this, but just put, just pop that back nice and slow. There we go. There we go. Have you seen this Xbox? Look over here instead. Look over here instead. Ah, ah, ah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a nightmare. But again, if you can afford to chuck half a millet at a, at a piece of memorabilia, you've probably got like a guard goose. You've got two guard dogs and four, just four security guards guarding this thing. You know, it's... Uh, it's all, it's all, I guess, relational to the scale of the investment, isn't it? You know, you're going to have lasers guarding this thing. Yeah, I think a, a more a more appropriate course of action would just put be to put the boy in some kind of boarding school for most of the year. That would work. Cheaper, safer, more humane, if anything. Yeah, quieter. Lovely. <laughs> well, before you send the kiddo off to Hogwarts, I, th- I don't think we need to worry too much about the delivery on this one. I can't see us getting, can't see us getting our hands on on this one. But if you do have about four hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can invest it in that Darth Vader helmet. Go and check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes, and uh, you know, let us know if you do if you do invest in that. Because if you do invest in that, chuck a couple of quid at the Patreon as well, guys. Chuck a couple of quid over there for us. Next up, I'm going to let you dive into this because gaming is your forte. So you are the gaming maestro here at Sparkle Rebellion. So we had some decent uh, Battlefront 2 news where it made me think of something that you said a few weeks ago, mate, which was that 
Battlefront 2 just continues to get better, 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 and continues to just have significantly greater replay value and just much more content. So they released a little bit of content, haven't they? We've got some Rise of Skywalker content, some new single-player modes. So tell us a little bit about it, and what's uh, what's your views on this as the, as the gamer of the, of the pair? Yes, so this was a really cool bit of news that landed for this because the content has slowed up a little bit for Battlefront 2. They've trickled stuff through over the last couple of months, but there hasn't been anything really significant to get everybody excited. They've done the odd event and a few little updates and so on, but nothing to shout about. But at Gamescom, they they dropped this really cool update for the um, the uh, the characters that you've probably seen. There was a really cool video game that was out on the, I think it was the original Xbox, I believe, and it was called Republic Commando, and it was a squad-based uh, shooter where you played as the leader of one of these uh, commando squads and you got to... Uh, um, initiate directions and tactics and so on. And it was a very, very cool game. It's often viewed as one of the best Star Wars games from that generation or that era. And the what they're going to do is in the update for Battlefront 2, you'll be able to play, uh, you'll be able to drop in as one of those clone commandos in Battlefront 2. So this is a massive uh, kind of big spin up on, because they've been quite Clone Wars uh heavy in terms of content over the last year the new map that launched uh, geonosis uh, anakin from that era all that stuff it's been quite clone wars heavy um so it's really good that we're not just going to get another um clone trooper style update um this is going to be a whole different character so that's really cool and i think they're going to also do uh, they're going to tweak some um quality of life stuff so the progression system is going to be overhauled a little bit uh, they're going to do some more stuff around that. And then later on in the year, when we get to December, they're going to link up with the release of Rise of Skywalker and they're going to pump out some stuff to do with that. And I think that's going to be in a similar vein to what they did when Rogue One was coming out. So uh, they launched the... This was for the... Was this for Battlefront 1? I think, maybe. can't remember. They released the, um, the Scarif map uh, from Rogue One. Uh, which was really cool. So that was like a nice tie-in with that movie's release. So they're going to do a similar thing. We have no idea yet what that's going to be from The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I don't think they even know what it's going to be yet because The Rise of Skywalker is still, I think it's being edited and done and all that stuff at the minute. So that would be really interesting to see what they're going to do with that. I don't think it's going to be quite as cool as the upcoming Lego Rise of Skywalker game out next year. I think that's going to blow everything away. But... Very, very cool, mate, to see some uh, some more Battlefront 2 content. I would have thought that this would have dried up by now. I, would, I didn't think they were going to do some some updates this large at this stage in the game. But fair play to um to DICE and EA and stuff. They're still investing. So, yeah, it's all good stuff. Yeah, I agree, man. And as someone that only, only kind of casually plays this, it, it's, it's a funny one because you often wonder about the replay value of stuff like i'm getting a little bit old and i'm kind of you know i don't want to spend 30 40 bucks on this thing and it, you know games are getting more and more expensive year on year but when you start to see these things continually being updated it, it just gives you a little bit of faith that they're not just spinning new games up for the sake of it like they could easily like you said halt dev and spin a battlefront 3 up they could and i'm sure they will do that but it's nice to see that they're servicing not only the hardcore gamers, but giving the the, the single player guys a, a, a nice bit of a content update as well. I think that's quite a, a nice. It's just a nice sentiment to see that, especially after the battering that they took with the loot crates and all that kind of crap that they dealt with. Um, so I do I, I do appreciate that coming through, and I think it's just for a casual gamer like me, it's just nice to be able to log on and go, ah, okay, look, yes, there's a thirty two thousand gigabyte update, but at least it's half decent stuff. You know, so it's, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's cool. And there's a new game mode dropping as well, I believe, where uh, you can do a co-op up to four players and you can just do PvE stuff. So it's the all the planets from the Clone Wars stuff, you can play across all that. And I think the, the, the battlefield is just AI bots, but if you want to team up with your buddies and not go online, if you want to do a bit of more of a contained gameplay, if you want to control it a bit more, you can do that as well. So yeah, very, very cool. 
It is. It is indeed. So that's Battlefront 2. And if you're a gamer, go and check it out. I'm sure you've, if you're a Star Wars fan, and of course you're a gamer, I've got no doubt that you've already got Battlefront 2 on the platform of choice. But go and check it out because that update does look pretty sweet. Now we're going to get into the review and discussion section. We're going to get a little bit timey-wimey in just one second. But before we do that, just a quick reminder, like we mentioned earlier, if you drop 450k on that Darth Vader helmet, even if you don't drop 450k, on that Darth Vader helmet, go and chuck five bucks at your good friend Gaz and Mark to help support Spark of Rebellion over on Patreon. You're going to get a cool sticker. You're going to get some other swag. You can even, you can even get executive producer credits and the chance to record your own random spotlight. So go and pick a tier. Go and tell your friends. It's patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. Now, guys, we all love a bit of time travel. I'm a bit of a time travel geek. You, sir, are the Doctor Who master as well. Not the actual master. That'd be weird, you bloody face changer. (laughs) But time travel, making its way back into Star Wars. We've seen it a couple of times. It's never been a real mainstay of Star Wars. But, of course, we saw in Rebels, uh, big spoilers for Star Wars Rebels, if you haven't seen it. Fair warning, we're going to get into spoiler territory on this one. In Rebels, we saw that the world between worlds existed. We saw the, we obviously saw Ezra dive back and save Ahsoka from the end of, of, of Season 3 on Malachor, uh, pull her out into a separate kind of time space in, in this world between worlds where there are different portals to different times within the Star Wars universe. So... We've seen in Rebels there that Palpatine, big old emperor, badass himself, he knew about this. He knew about this portal area. He knew that he could access it. He didn't seem to be able to access it at that point, but he knew it existed, interacted with Ezra and Ahsoka. So the theory thus goes that maybe the world between worlds is, number one, perhaps the way that Palpatine survived the fall. Maybe somehow ended up there. I've got some thoughts on that. I'm sure you have too. And the second part of it, this is a good one, <laughs> is that Ray is actually Shmi Skywalker. She's Anakin's mum. And time travel will be reintroduced in Rise of Skywalker, which I don't think is too much of a stretch. I, I do think maybe time travel somehow will, and we've talked about it with the Force flash fights. We've talked about that before, bouncing through time. But somehow time travel will will be brought back and the Immaculate Conception, which was actually confirmed in the Star Wars canon comics just a few weeks ago, of Anakin Skywalker, the whole midichlorians, blah, 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 was manipulated by Palpatine and Anakin was created by Palps. But actually, Rey is Shmi Skywalker. What do you think of that? It's a cool name, isn't it? Shmi. (laughs) It it is, until you realise that Captain Hook's right-hand man was pretty much the same name. It's me, yeah. What, oh, yeah, Bob Hoskins, he, he belted yeah. that role. I didn't adjust. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. One thing I do like about this stuff is I've always been fascinated with the Force. I don't mean that uh, in a general sense. I mean, the whole... I think it's a real good testament to Star Wars storytelling over the years that nobody's really dived into the the deep deep details of the force it's always been this kind of on the surface we know that there are different force users light and dark and they do these cool things like they can jump really far force choke lightning all that stuff and i think the world between world things that they explored in rebels was really cool because i think there's just a massive just a massive area of storytelling around the force itself and i think when we get to to dive into uh, into those details a little bit more. It's just so cool. And I really like that idea of the Force being this otherworldly realm where time and space don't matter. You know, they the rules of that stuff, all that physics, they don't apply in that world. So time travel is completely possible and all that stuff. So I love that. And I love the fact that if they do spin this so that Palpatine was was managed has managed to to manipulate that in some way so that he didn't actually die at the end of Jedi and he's back in some shape or form I think that would be a really cool really really cool thing to do the only thing I'm not quite sure on is this ray being Anakin's mother. I think it could be a thing it really could be but I just think the motive for 
Palpatine doing that just seems a bit long-winded to me. So the idea in this theory is that Palpatine managed to um to to go back in time. Sorry, go Palpatine managed to drag um Ray through this otherworldly place and plop her back on Jakku um at some point roughly at the time when Anakin was born. And uh and that's why she she's such a because I think Palpatine was looking for a really strong force user. Managed to locate Ray dragged her back, did something to her, blah, blah, blah. That's the reason why she's such a good force user. And that's the other reason why it hasn't taken her that long to get up to speed with her force powers and all that stuff. So I think it's kind of cool in a way, but I just can't seem to get my head around that last bit of Shmi being, and I, I can totally get the whole Palpatine doing the whole time travel thing. But yeah, what do you think on this dude? Because I'm kind of torn on the whole Shmi thing. Yeah, it's 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 definitely an interesting one. So the thing that um, stands out to me is that the concept of the world between worlds is is a great great concept. I'm the same as you. Like I love anything time traveling and, and and otherworldly and multidimensional and multiversal. I think that works really really well. So that when you know when I saw that, it's all, it's it kind of got the, evoked the same emotion as when I saw Yoda in the Dark Side Cave uh, in Clone Wars. It's that it was the same kind of ah okay there's a master that's discovering new stuff like that's pretty sweet but i feel like in a movie that's that, that's intended for mass market casual fans that might have only ever seen the original trilogy maybe the prequels and probably the latest two movies to introduce such a deep concept would be quite challenging if they can throw it in as a bit of a macguffin where it's just, oh yeah, time travel exists, uh, it's all good, this is how you do it, it's a force thing. I can almost just see that being, it's almost like uh, Avengers Endgame, you know, it's Tony Stark invents time travel in like 30 minutes. And <laughs> it's fine, it serves the plot of the story, but I think the world between worlds would just require maybe a bit too much too much exposition. Having said that, if you get Skywalker back, if you get Anakin back, if you get maybe Obi-Wan back, if you get uh, Yoda, who, who I'm sure will be back, um, maybe there's enough in there where you can have just a discussion that's a three-minute discussion that just exposes enough of it for it to become real. And then it harks back to Rebels. There's a little bit more literature around it for the geeks there that to, to, to validate it. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I really like that bit. I just worry that the exposition required to explain it to a casual viewer might be too much for a blockbuster movie. Mm -hmm. The Shmi Skywalker thing. Oh, do you know, I'm, I'm in two minds about this one. Because, again, the explanation of it relies upon people having seen the prequels, ultimately. Like, we know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. It doesn't matter what Star Wars movie you've watched. You kind of get that. Mm -hmm. It's just in pop culture. To lynch such a main character here in the sequel trilogy to a character that, albeit, had such a big impact on, on the saga, but was actually only really a main player for half of the first movie and a, and a, and a, a pivotal event in the second movie, Attack of the Clones... Again, it feels like too much exposition might be required. Um, the theory itself, I really like. I love the idea of Palpatine being so malicious that he identified Ray and that Luke or someone else dumped Ray on Jakku to hide him, uh, to hide her. Palps ends up coming back, realizes that Ray's actually out in the open now, reactivated the training that she's obviously had from somewhere else that's been blocked off in her mind, and. He's just like, right, my final act of revenge is to send you away from everyone that you love and trap you on another bloody sand planet as a slave. And that's the that's my prison for you. And by the way, I'm going to give you this one final parting gift that will always remind you of me. And I'm going to promise you that I'm going to mould this person into the biggest villain in the galaxy. Like, that is malicious as hell. And I like that from his characterization perspective. I just think it's something that he would do. And it's long-term and um, strategic enough that you can believe his character would do that. You know, he's, he's all about the long game. Um, 
But again, I just worry about the exposition and the complications that come from that. But the theories, I think, are really interesting. And I, I, like honestly, if that came out in Rise of Skywalker, I'd have no problem with that. But my gut tells me it will be simpler than that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the exposition required would just take more of the film and take the focus away from the conclusion that's needed to this saga, in my opinion. I think... Um, I think it just introduces too much of a massive thing because if we remember in the rebel show, when Ezra discovers the tomb and I think it was the Mortis family, um, the tomb, there was such a massive thing for him to be able to access that. Uh, I feel like in the film, they would need to spend a decent chunk of time. First of all, explaining what that is for people that haven't seen rebels so they're coming into it fresh. So this whole world between worlds thing needs some explanation. You can't just have people running in and out of it and people being like, what's going on here? So, And then the other thing is how effective you are with the force to be able to use it effectively. We'd, we'd, need, to, we'd need to explain from Palpatine's point of view just how much that he's, just how much he's, researched all of that and manipulated it to his will and been able to use it so not only do we have some kind of reveal that palpatine's back in some shape or form which we're guessing he is because of that big laugh at the end of the trailer um we're also going to have to spend a bunch of time now figuring out with him as the viewer going along on his journey how he did all that stuff so i'm with you man i think it's going to require too much exposition in order to get the viewer up to speed but then that doesn't leave a lot of time for the rest of the stuff that's going on. You've got Poe's story to wrap up. You've got Finn with whatever's going to happen with him. Uh, you've got whatever we're going to see with um, Leia because they're going to use some footage to wrap her story up as well. All that stuff's going on. You can't have this as well. And then you've got Kylo's stuff on top of that. It's going to be a really busy film already. So I think adding this in is going to be a bit of a mind a mind melt to me. Um but yeah, I kind of it, it's a good theory. I mean, we've we've read out a few dodgy ones over the last few weeks, but this one I think could could be in there. And what's interesting, just to finish up on this, is that the person that has put this theory forward says that the last shot of the entire saga is Ray slash Smi uh, looking out across the twin sunset. So that kind of gives the, that brings the saga up full circle because then it's like, oh, okay, this is what happens at the beginning of the prequels. This is Shmi pregnant with Anakin. And maybe, because remember they said to Kevin Smith, this last shot of the saga will melt your mind. So kind of marries up a little bit because if people saw that, that would be a complete like, holy crap. So yeah, it's good, but I just, I'm just torn on whether it's possible and whether they should do it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, the, whether they should or not is interesting. And one other little thing, and I agree, we'll just finish up on this in a sec, is 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 it's how much they want to tie up with the Rise of Skywalker. Because theoretically, what they could do with it, you know, they could tie up the whole nine, uh, nine series saga, but they could, with just a, a one swift little conversation and throwaway bits of wording, acknowledge some of the Clone Wars stuff, acknowledge some of the rebel stuff you know you know you can you can imagine the exposition between palpatine and someone where palpatine says yeah you know this was discovered by a young padawan um way before the first death star was taken down and you just like the fans are like wait a second that's ezra like it, it, there's enough if they really wanted to they could tie a bow around it all and just give fans the payoff that they wanted the only the only potential um not inkling and not even signal, but the only potential reasoning that I can give for any of this going as far as, as as we are speculating here is the thing that we've always said, which is that this is J.J. Abrams, like the king of fan service. That's the only possible reasoning that I can give for them going that far with stuff so that the mainstream enjoy it and it becomes a blockbuster, but there's a pile of fan service in there as well that the other guys won't notice. That's the only little... Ah, okay. If anyone's going to do it, it's probably him. You know. Yeah, and that—that's the. I think that's the main crux on how they end this whole saga. Do they, like you said, do they tie everything up in a neat bow? Because one of the stories that 
I spoke about on last week's show was that Ryan Johnson's trilogy is not going to use any legacy characters from Star Wars. So based on that, are they going to wrap it up because they know it's not going to be used anyway? Or do they do that thing that they do in movies sometimes where they leave the door open ajar just a little bit so that, I don't know, in 25 years' time, if Disney are a bit short on money and they're like, yeah, yeah, we need to uh, get some Star Wars stuff rocking again. Ah, we had that little bit at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Let's explore that. So, yeah, we could talk about this for hours, dude, but I think it's just... I think you're right. I think I agree with you on this, mate. I think Abrams is, he's got that fan service thing running through him. He just loves to please everybody. And I think Kathleen Kennedy lets him run with that a little bit. So yeah, I agree with you, Dub. I agree with you on that one. And, and just again, literally we'll finish on this right now, but one last final parting shot is we've still got Ezra and Thrawn out there from the end of Rebels. You know, there's definitely some threads there that theoretically could be pulled. You know, thrown from the unknown regions. There's theories that the Grisk and some of the some of the uh, the the Chiss ascendancy. They, you know, there's a third party maybe looking to get involved, which will unite um, the First Order and and and, and the Resistance. Mm, there's just enough in there that if they really wanted to do it, they could put the bow on it, and it still be a blockbuster. Uh, and it still do the fan service as well. So we shall see, brother. Like you said, we could talk about this for weeks. We should do a special on that, you know. We should do like a Rise of Skywalker speculation episode that is purely just us bantering and shooting the crap about this. That could be quite interesting. We should uh, should maybe do that. Yeah, I'd love that, dude. Mm. Yeah, maybe get some guests on. Anyway, speaking of Rebels, speaking of our favourite Padawan. Is he a Padawan, really? I mean, he didn't get the paperwork from the temple, but... We do have our main man as as a part of the random spotlight. Ezra Bridger, one of the uh, the favourite characters, I think, from this new generation of, of Star Wars content. Obviously, the main character, one of the main characters, alongside Harrison Duller and uh, Kanan Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels. The random spotlight focuses on, and this is a, a choice from, from you guys, the, the random spotlight is... Ezra's lightsaber, continuing the trend of lightsaber chit-chat. So tell us a bit about this, dude. Why did you pick this? Where did this come from? I picked this one because I was running out of time to pick something. (laughs) And I thought that seeing as we've discussed a few other lightsabers over the last month, it would be cool to continue that trend. And uh, it's also cool that Ezra has got two lightsabers not all at once, but I just think it's very cool that his... They did a lot of stuff with Ezra in terms of his progression throughout Rebels. And I think that his uh, his construction of his first lightsaber was a really cool... It's kind of indicative of his character at that time in Rebels. And then when we move on a bit later on in the, in the show series, when he constructs the second one, that again shows his maturity and his progression as a character. And I think... There's all. I think the the animation from from Lucasfilm on Star Wars has always been really, really good. And I know that in sort of popular opinion, the Clone Wars series is is, is viewed as a as a better um, overall offering in terms of animation over Rebels. And I get that, but I think there's loads of really cool stuff in Rebels if if you kind of dive in a little bit and look at what they were trying to accomplish. And I think what they did with Ezra was really, really good because they could have quite easily uh, moved his character forward a lot earlier than they did because one of the things that he's quite he, he's known for, especially early on in Rebels, he's this very kind of immature, I suppose, but quite a bratty little immature, um, impatient uh, problem with authority kind of figure. And they, they ran with that for quite a while. And what's cool about that is when he's in that early stage, especially Series 1, some of Series 2, the lightsaber that he constructs, the first one, uh, kind of shows the he's not quite ready for the mainstream, I think is the best way to put it, because his first lightsaber is very, very kind of junkyard, scrap heap challenge kind of vibe. And what's really cool about this first one, we'll get onto the second one in a minute, but what's really cool about this first one is the is the combination of the stun blaster 
and the lightsaber hilts itself with the um with the the very early kyber crystal that he he got from the Jedi temple on Lothal and I I think we spoke about this off air but I really I prefer this version I really like this one because it's got that multifunction thing to it where if it needs be if enemies are at range he can just pop off a few stun shots and uh, and distract them or you know dis- um disable them that way but then at close range he's got the lightsaber true so it's not quite as like i said mainstream as the second one but it has got this real kind of swiss army knife feel to it and we were also saying that it's kind of shadows han solo's point of view on stuff as well that early phase where he's not quite got that in his head yet that the lightsabers you know a more civilized weapon from a more civilized age he hasn't he hasn't got that in his head yet so he just wants to throw down with some kind of um, blaster of some sort which is why he constructs this one uh so before we get on to the second one you're a fan of this first one dude you like this this vibe yeah i i agree with you in in terms of the journey that i think it reflects um uh, with the character as well yeah i think it, it represents that scrappy feel it represents how we find ezra bridger in the first season when he, he disrupts um the mission that 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 the, uh, the the ghost team out on, and it, it it does it represents that whole. Wait a second, okay, yeah, I get that there's something bigger here, but I'm just going to rely on what I know, which is this blaster, which is always the worst case. You know, I've got this blaster. Worst case scenario, I'm going to shoot you, and it's kind of it does it. You know, doesn't quite believe in the force. He doesn't. He's not yet found the holocron from Obi Wan, which which plays the message from the end of Revenge of the Sith. He's not got any of that stuff in his mind. It's just like, okay, here's this guy. He says I can do this stuff. Uh, I've never used a sword before, so I'm going to build a blaster. You're right. It's got that Indiana Jones, that Han Solo style feel to it. Um, and I think it's interesting that was that was um, maybe symbolically, I don't know if this is on purpose or whether it is or not, but from a narrative perspective, that being destroyed by Vader, you know, I think represents that catalyst for him to become an actual uh, progressing Jedi, you know, moving up through Padawan mm-hmm. to Jedi Knight. And, you know, who knows if he if he stuck around maybe up to uh, to Jedi Master in Luke's New Order. Who knows? But I think it, that symbolism of, of Vader destroying that and almost, you know, ending his childhood, you know, it's that, it's that symbolic move. Like Luke had, you know, when he lost Anakin's saber and he came back with a rebuilt one. You've seen Ahsoka go through the same process. Um, Anakin's lightsaber, um, obviously then he, he reconstructed the red one. You've seen Dooku do the same thing. He's had two lightsabers. So I think there's always that symbolism there. And I really like, exactly as you said it, that scrappy nature. And then suddenly the boys become a man and, you know, this is a rebellion. It's not just the ghost crew carrying out these little missions. This is a rebellion and we've got to get serious. So, yeah, man, I, I think it's a very interesting storytelling piece. I love that. This is the rebellion and we've got no more dicking around, right? You've had your fun with the first one. Let's be honest. Did its job for a while, but you've got to pull your socks up a bit now, lad. Spend a bit of time on this one. Spend a bit of time on it, son. Don't rush it. (laughs) And what's cool about the second one as well is that it helped out uh, some other people. So Sabine uh, wielded this one uh, in the story where she goes up against the dude with the the dark saber you know she ends up getting that for a while but then she hands it off to when we meet her family i think the other mandalorians uh, but she uses um ezra's lightsaber to kick what's his for uh, viceroy's ass on well, one of those episodes which is cool and uh and then saw Guerrero used it um a little bit uh, so it's had its fair use and it would be really cool and i think um yeah did you mention that when luke so he made he inherited his first lightsaber from Obi Wan. So it's the blue bladed um, one, but then he constructs his own one. So I think they really rammed home the point that all Jedi, whether you're Padawan or whether you you claim yourself to be a Jedi or whatever, but when you get to a certain point in your journey, you um, you uh, you you go from whatever lightsaber you had before, whether you made it previously or you inherited it there's that point in a Jedi's journey where you have to make your own proper lightsaber. And I think regardless if you're labelled as a, a Padawan or a Jedi Knight or council member, whatever it is, that in yourself I think is enough to be like, right, I, I know I'm getting more badass now. I know that 
my skills are up there and look here's the credit card to prove it you know you slap it on the so i think yeah it's a really cool i mean don't be wrong i really like ezra's second lightsaber i think it's a it looks really cool it's got that classic uh lightsaber look to it you can't mistake it at all when the green blade is obviously very cool signifies the light side and all that but i've just got a sweet spot for his first one i just love that duality to it where he can throw down at range but also yeah and it's a blue blade as well so not that that makes any difference but it's just a nice um a nice thing so yeah really loving these uh these lightsaber chats dude around random spotlight very cool Likewise, man, and it's, uh, you know, Rebels was an amazing series, and I still think there's more stories to tell there, so maybe uh, maybe Ezra's second lightsaber will be back in the fray soon, who knows, I, I do think they'll revisit that era, given that they left it so open-ended with uh, with Throne and Ezra flying off with the Purgils into, uh, who knows where, actually, maybe the Unknown Regions, maybe they took Throne back out of the galaxy, and he'll appear mm. once more. I love that little uh, epilogue, by the way, where you saw Hera and Ahsoka, and, uh, you know, they were looking for them. And I just, it wrapped Ahsoka's story. Like, they're not finished with Ahsoka, let's be honest. You know, no. there's a whole other series of stories to tell there post-Return of the Jedi. There's a lot to go on there. So, mm, makes you wonder, doesn't it, what they're going to do with that stuff. But yes, super choice, bro. Really, really good. More lightsaber stuff coming up shortly, I am sure. So, that's the end of the episode. We've... We've zipped through that. It's good to be back, man. I've really enjoyed chatting with you as normal. Thanks for uh, thanks for holding the fort last week. It was it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Cheers, man. Yeah, and it's good to have you back, dude. Love chatting Star Wars with you as you and everyone knows already and next week we'll try and pick something else for the random spotlight or drift away from sabers because otherwise we'll we'll talk about all of them and then run out so yeah we'll um pick something else next week Mm. it's your turn next week i'm sure yeah i'll find something that sounds perfect i'll dig deep into this one i had an idea for one yesterday i completely forgot what it was but i'll uh, i'll get it on trello don't worry about it but that is a wrap. Thank you for joining. It's always a pleasure. Thank you to, uh, we had a couple of fans out at Podcast Movement that have listened to the show as well. So thank you to everyone that came up and uh, and just said hello at Podcast Movement. And thank you to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. If you want to join that tribe, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. And of course, you can find us on all of the socials. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion on your social network of choice and you can interact with us at your leisure. We'll be answering questions. We'll be interacting and uh, having a bit of Star Wars banter with anyone that so wishes it so go and check us out on the socials and as normal thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next week Gaz always a pleasure man thank you very much thank you very much buddy good to see you again Uh, anyone that wants to get involved on Battlefront 2 we had a couple of people over on Instagram pop their Xbox uh, gamer tags on there Um, if you want to get involved and do some squad gamage with us then that'd be good Uh, always up for a few rounds of that in the evening so um, look out for that on the socials and pop your your gamer tag over for that we'll link up and do that stuff Uh, next week we'll see you for episode 21 until then take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always